essentially imposter syndrome at the highest scale, at the highest spectrum of it, um, because there are spectrums of, of it, um, is a deep fear of being found out. It's a constant feeling of not being good enough and this constant self-doubt and lack of trust in the value that you bring to the table. But fundamentally, at a very extreme level, it's the fear of being found out. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm really excited to share with you a special guest and a special topic. I, I know I say that every time about my excitement to share with you a particular topic, but uh, it's always true. And this week is no exception. I'm extremely excited to share with you Olivia Carter and talk to you about imposter syndrome. I know I've mentioned imposter syndrome on here on the podcast before, but we're really going to dive in to this, this uh, emotion, this fear that is uh, commonly called imposter syndrome. And in fact, Olivia and I share uh, this um, disagreement, if you will, regarding uh, naming this fear imposter syndrome. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I've talked about imposter syndrome on the podcast before, but Olivia brings to the table here a really unique perspective on identifying why for some of us, imposter syndrome impacts us in different ways. And so I am excited to share her insights on imposter syndrome with you. But probably more importantly, I'm excited to share with you from her some recommendations on how you can overcome imposter syndrome. And I'll tell you out of the gate as well, she also has uh, upcoming in just a couple of days, so you really need to hurry on this. She has uh, a live free masterclass as a webinar on imposter syndrome, how it specifically applies to you and then how you can overcome imposter syndrome in your leadership. So I highly encourage you to take advantage of that. You can find links in the show notes for this podcast episode to Olivia and her um, and her masterclass that she's hosting here in just a couple of days. So if you're listening to this as this episode comes out, you need to jump on this really, really quickly uh, because the her masterclass is on Friday, May the 13th. So be sure you take advantage of that. Also, before I jump into the interview, I want to remind you about our leadership calculator. Peter Drucker says what gets measured gets improved, and we're here to help you measure your leadership and then improve your leadership. And you can start with our leadership calculator. You can find that at theleadershipcalculator.com. That's theleadershipcalculator.com. Be sure you take advantage of that free resource we have available to you. It's an assessment where you will evaluate your leadership. We'll give you a score and a report based on your results that specifically tells you the things that you can do to improve your leadership. So be sure you take advantage of that free calculator we have. Again, that's theleadershipcalculator.com. Now, again, without further ado, let me get on to my interview 
with Olivia Carter. Olivia Carter, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Oh, thank you, Michael. It's fantastic to be with you all here today. I'm really excited to share it with you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the podcast as well. Uh, I just know that uh, we're going to cover a topic today that impacts every single one of us listeners or, or leaders uh, and every single listener of the Leadership Podcast. And, and I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. But I just so appreciate the opportunity to share your wisdom and your knowledge around imposter syndrome with our audience. And I also mentioned, just before we hit the record button, I'm thrilled to have a, a second, very unique accent on the podcast as well. Tell everybody where you're from. Well, I'm from England and I'm based in the northwest of England near Manchester. So you'll hear my English accent, but also with a very strong northern tone as well. And I'm very proud of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was telling you that here in the United States that, you know, I live in Georgia and I don't leave the state of Georgia without getting the comment, you're not from around here, are you? Um, because my southern accent doesn't travel far outside of the state of Georgia. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, there is a second unique uh accent. Uh, but I'm also glad that we're, again, talking about a topic that is, um, uh, it, it impacts every single one of us as listeners. But I'm also very, very interested in your knowledge and understanding of how it impacts us leaders differently. And that difference kind of falls within how we land in, and I know you use the DISC personality assessment, but yeah. imposter syndrome impacts us differently based on where we fall inside of that DISC profile. So I'm excited to kind of really dive in uh, to imposter syndrome from that aspect. But before we jump into that, I want to give you the opportunity to share with the listeners, why is it we should uh, trust and believe in the, the knowledge and the wisdom you're going to share with us today? So give us a little bit about your background. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you for a wonderful introduction. And yes, I'm going to dive straight in and give you a bit of background about myself. So I worked in the corporate sector in the UK, working for global food brands and climbed up the career ladder to leadership positions quite quickly. Um, very successful on the outside, uh, appeared to have this confidence, but it was all a mask inside with a completely different story. Um, you know, that that inner confidence and that inner belief was just, it was just never true. And so every day I just felt like I was pretending because inside the voice in my head and that inner critic was actually saying, you're not good enough. You're going to get found out. Who are you to be here? And basically, when you're wearing that mask over a long period of time, it's not sustainable. And over time, you start to get frustrated with yourself because you know that actually by having that inner confidence to share your voice and have that constructive conflict, I like to call it, with other people and really add the value that you know you're capable of doing, but you just hold back because of this inner voice saying, don't say that. You're going to get found out. People are going to judge you. So over time, basically, that led to burnout. And so I ended up leaving my career because I was no longer enjoying it. And I never even knew about imposter syndrome at the time. Um, and so I knew I wanted to create a great impact on the world through people. So I then trained as a coach and got very, very curious about leadership as well, because I 
recognise that in my corporate sector, it was very male dominated. And I recognised there was a lot of management going on there and just got extremely curious about, hold on a minute, we need to really lead through the 21st century. So I qualified as a coach and um, I'm absolutely passionate about supporting leaders with imposter syndrome um, because it's out there. You know, it's having that vulnerability and that trust to actually be true to ourselves and recognise it because there are so many incredible leaders out there. Um, with these incredible soft leadership skills that we'll call about, you know, talk about, and that are so important to truly authentically lead others, that it's really important to recognise some of this self-doubt and this not feeling good enough that can really hold us back from truly shining. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I know I've experienced kind of the same thing of of um, disappointment, even burnout, as you were describing in in the corporate world and, and in the, uh, you know, just the, the, the pace and, and all of the corporate world, uh, but I, I can deal with the pace, but oftentimes that's what we attribute our level of maybe burnout and fatigue. But I think more accurately, it's oftentimes attributed to these things like imposter syndrome to, to, to things that are, weighing on us emotionally and mentally that we don't necessarily recognize. We just look at the corporate world and say, oh, well, I don't like the corporate world. But I think what it is, is it's we don't like the emotional and mental things that it's doing to us. And, and it's because we don't necessarily recognize that effect that it's having on us. Absolutely. So it's the emotional impact on ourselves. And then as we know, with anything, we start to slip into habits. And quite often with imposter syndrome, there are key habits that we can slip into, uh, like people pleasing, perfectionism, procrastination are three of the key things that Mm -hmm. really link to imposter syndrome. And it's actually those that cause and really contribute to the burnout. But it all starts with the mindset and the thoughts that happen with imposter syndrome. And it it is huge. Um, you know, the 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 stats depending on which stats you look at, but you know, over forty three percent of the population experience imposter syndrome. And so whether you are a leader who experiences it, I can absolutely guarantee that people within your team are experiencing it. And so therefore for leaders to really appreciate and understand what may be going on for people is absolutely imperative so that they can really lead their team with impact and influence and have mm-hmm. those open and honest conversations because that's really got what's going to enable them to perform at their highest potential. But without the awareness yeah. about it, how can we support people? Yeah, and, and that's what I'm so excited about in this episode is to bring some awareness to people on, first of all, well, what is imposter syndrome and, and how is it impacting me specifically? And then we'll get to, well, what are some of the things I can do to, to start to overcome that? So let's, I guess, maybe start with just a, a good explanation of what imposter syndrome is. And, and before we hit the record button, you and I both agreed that we don't really like that term or that title. And so let's talk a little bit too about why it is that we don't like that title. But let's start with, well, what is imposter syndrome? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Essentially, imposter syndrome at the highest scale, the highest spectrum of it, 
um, because there are spectrums of, of it, um, is a deep fear of being found out. It's a constant feeling of not being good enough and this constant self-doubt and lack of trust in the value that you bring to the table. But fundamentally, at a very extreme level, it's the fear of being found out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I know for me, um, in a number of different aspects of of life, really, um, that fear of being found out or that imposter syndrome it shows up in me in this question that goes through my mind that typically starts with who am I to blank, right? Yes. Uh, so I'm leading a team uh, at work and and I think to myself, who am I to lead this team? Um, yes. I'm, I'm parenting my three now grown children and yes. who am I to be a parent of these children, right? So yes. it impacts a lot of different aspects of life, even, uh, even this podcast, right? The Rookie Leaders Podcast. Oftentimes, I will ask myself as I'm pushing the publish button to to uh, to to publish a new episode of the podcast. I will ask myself, well, who am I to yeah. host a podcast on leadership? Right. So yeah. it shows up in all of us in in those different types of ways. But but I love how you describe it. Is behind that question that I'm asking in my mind is really this idea of someone's going to find out that I don't really know as much as maybe they think I do, or Absolutely. I'm not as skilled as they think I am or something like that, right? Absolutely. And, and, and a lot of that is because we have been conditioned, maybe a bit of a stronger word, to believe that we need to be an expert. But mm-hmm. as we both know, leadership is not about being the expert. And so therefore, that can really sort of fuel this, I'm going to be found out because there is no expert in leadership and but so that's where it can really come in and I think you know what I really see as well with a lot of clients and that people who really experience imposter syndrome at a high spectrum is particularly when they've come from a different career path into that sector Mm -hmm. so and as we know with the great resignation and changes that are happening at the moment and as we know that leaders don't always need to have followed a set career path and therefore that can really fuel this deep fear of being found out because a lot of their peer group have come through a traditional background so take for instance the legal sector or the legal profession in the UK um, as an example I know somebody who came and, and qualified through a different process they've Mm -hmm. not been through the red brick universities we would process that we call it in the uk and he was an amazing leader but he constantly felt like he was going to be found out because he'd Mm -hmm. not come through the traditional process and and i think more and more so as we are changing careers and that can can keep happening yeah no i'm so glad you you said that because i know i in a lot of my leadership teaching I find myself trying to correct the misconception, especially that young leaders have, that they they have to know all the right answers, yeah. right? Their team expects them to know all of the right answers. And and I understand how that can be a, a confusing message to leaders because I'll also talk, uh, teach uh, competence, right? That you need to have uh, and increase your competence in the subject matter that you're leading. So if you're a sales manager, then you need to have some competence in sales, but also increasing your competence in leadership in general. And I understand how that can be a confusing message to to also um, 
begin to believe, well, then that means I need to know everything. I need to know all the right answers. But I, I like how you you connect that, you you tie that to this, this now this inner voice, this imposter syndrome voice that's saying, well, y- y- who are you to lead this team? Because you don't have all the right answers. And I, and I really appreciate the ability to kind of overcome that misconception that a lot of young leaders would have. Well, also, Olivia, I know that it, within the audience here, I'm confident that already some of the audience members are saying to themselves, you know what? I don't know that I struggle with this all that much. And then there are other members of the audience here that are, you know, are are you reading my mind? I mean, that's exactly the things I'm struggling with, the things I'm saying to myself. And I really appreciate how you uh, describe the impact of imposter syndrome on different people based on where they fall within the DISC spectrum of personality assessment. So I'd like to I'd like to give you the opportunity to kind of describe that in in how people experience imposter syndrome differently. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So what I see is um, often people who experience imposter syndrome have, um, they are very people-focused individuals um, or people-focused leaders, and they're often very, very value-driven. And... They quite often have, I would say, a quieter voice. So they're not necessarily the loudest person in the room. Um, and But what they've got is this wonderful degree of high emotional intelligence. So they are quite sensitive. So therefore, this can actually fuel being quite sensitive to their own heightened emotions as well. But what that enables them and is a wonderful leadership quality is they are have a high degree of emotional intelligence to connect and use empathy and compassion with other people but it can fuel their own inner critic as well mm-hmm. um, they are often great listeners and um, the relational relationship focused people so they're team players so they really want to connect that team that is their highest motivation um, and really what drives and fuels them they're often very humble and they're mm-hmm. often uh, love to celebrate other people but they can struggle a lot to celebrate the mo- their own selves and recognize the true value that they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just have this fantastic ability to connect with other people. So if we were going to bring that onto disc style profiling at, at its simplest term, you would often see it in the S style um, sector of the disc style profiling. Mm-hmm. So they've got this naturally quieter voice, but which often struggles to be heard and and recognize the value that they really contribute through all these incredible soft leadership skills. Yeah, you know, and when you first mentioned this to me about uh, aligning the impact of uh, imposter syndrome to the DISC assessment, I couldn't help but kind of think of myself and over the history of my leadership career, I was introduced to the DISC assessment many years ago, mm-hmm. early on in my leadership in the corporate world. And in those days, I was just leaving the military and getting into the corporate world. And in those days, I scored really high on the in the D. D so DISC is D-I-S-C. Yes. So I, I scored really high in the D category. Um, um, and I would have, I didn't, I didn't say this back then, and I. but now looking back, I can certainly recognize it. I don't believe that I struggled all that much with imposter syndrome, now knowing what I know now. 
I don't think I struggled all that much. But the more and more I studied uh, leadership and the more and more I did the things that to, as you've talked about, the soft skills of building the relationships and building trust. And the more and more I did those things over the years, I actually watched my DISC assessment scores kind of migrate from the D over to the S. And so today when I take the DISC assessment, I'm pretty solidly in, in the S. But as I just mentioned to you just a few minutes ago, over that course of that migration from D to S, I've noticed the imposter syndrome, that question in my mind is more prevalent today than it was probably 20 years ago when I would have been in in the high D. So I so appreciate you kind of connecting the dots on that for me and helping me recognize that. Um, And and maybe you see that even in your in your work as well. Yes, absolutely. And I just want to celebrate your um, growth, then being able to transition through the you know the disc and because some mm-hmm. people get so fixed in who they are and 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 where they sit within the current state and that just shows amazing growth to to develop and shift through it sure. and I think you know building on that before we we went live we spoke about how um often in the UK and this isn't about putting labels on people but often in the UK our board level is very male dominated Mm -hmm. and you will often see a lot of d-style personalities currently at board level and so when we go back to talking about the s-style personalities within disc we naturally as human beings play the comparison game and so we compare ourselves to other leaders who are at the top of uh, the I don't even like the word hierarchy, but you know what I mean, who are at the top Mm -hmm. of And they see these louder, more dominant, stronger voices, which can actually then fuel their imposter syndrome even more because they believe that to lead, they need to be like that. But as you and I know, that's not the case at all because I think something that I um, missed out earlier was the importance of trust in developing Mm -hmm. relationships and as a leader and the s style personality within disc has got this fantastic ability trust is a core value often for that um style of leadership and therefore if they can really master this art of self-trust as in trusting themselves it will really enable them to create that connection and trust with other people because they have got a very natural ability to gain trust from other people and Mm -hmm. I'm a massive believer that trust and communication are two of the core foundational foundational elements of leadership that's right that's right definitely so yeah and and again I, I I'm one of those in the audience right now that feels like man you're you're reading my mind uh, because as I think back over that migration that I spoke of of going from d to s I remember as I started to notice that migration, um, because I've taken the DISC assessment over over my 25 years or more, um, I've probably taken it eight or 10 times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as I watched that migration, especially early on, my initial feelings were of, I was kind of offended or, or you know, it's, well, something's wrong with this assessment. You know, DISC has changed their assessment or changed their scoring because I've always been a uh, a high D and now I'm, I'm down here almost in the S. And so I just remember almost being uh, kind of offended by, by that. Um, but I, 
again, hindsight's twenty twenty, and and there's a lot of wisdom in looking back, right? Uh, ne- but now I recognize that it was actually the actions that I were was taking, uh, and I was being very intentional in those days, and still am today, very intentional to build good relationships with those that I'm leading, to build that trust and and all that you're talking about. And I often talk about how the emotions or the feelings of something follow the action that you're taking. And and in leadership, I teach uh, that there's a very important aspect of leadership that I call motive. And it's basically your reasons for being in leadership. Why do you want to be in leadership? And are your reasons selfish or selfless in nature? And I teach that if you got into leadership for selfish reasons, you can actually take actions to build relationships and all those things. And those actions will actually change your feelings about leadership. And they will, it will change them to being selfless rather than selfish. And so now hindsight, I can, that was a part of that migration from D to S that was happening in me. And it was a result of having taken the action necessary to build those relationships. So I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that taking the action and how it changes your, your, your feelings and and emotions um, and so forth. Yes. Brilliant. So um, I'll guide you through um, a a fantastic, um, very simple model that we can picture in our minds. So our thoughts, we all, it always starts with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, and then that creates these feelings inside and, Mm -hmm. And then that creates the action or the inaction. So absolutely, it's about raising that awareness and having that understanding about ourselves to really understand the thoughts that are going on. So it's not about pushing those thoughts away. It's about bringing that conscious awareness to those thoughts and Actually, you know, some of that takes a lot of vulnerability. I'm a huge believer in vulnerability and leadership. Mm-hmm. And that takes an element of being vulnerable with ourselves to go, you know, what is going on here? You know, and to question ourselves. And so absolutely, I'm a huge believer. It's all about taking the action, but it's about having that conscious awareness about the thoughts before. And yeah. you know, before we came live, we started to bring up this word of fear and that's often the, the key element and the core of what's going on for most people is it's this underlying fear and and until we start to recognize what that fear is um then it's it can be hard to then go and take those actions forward yeah yeah so no matter where we fall on the disc spectrum yes to some degree we're impacted by imposter syndrome and the idea of, well, what do, how do we overcome that? How do we deal with it, right? And, and again, if you're now like me, you're, you're strongly in the S, um, then maybe it is really prevalent in your mind and in your heart and in your, your life and your, in your leadership. And so how do we overcome this? And, and, and you first start, I mean, you defined uh, imposter syndrome as this fear of being found out. Yes. Um, and that first word, I think, is really, really important, like you just said, is this is an emotion. This is a uh, and that emotion is fear. Yes. Uh, and we have the thoughts in our minds due to that emotion. So I, I definitely want to give the listener here um, more 
um, detail on, well, how can we overcome this emotion, this fear that has me held back? Yeah. Okay. So I love the, if you break down the word emotion, so, and just think of it as the motion element of the word emotion, that motion is something that's meant to flow and move. And so, first of all, the the key thing I invite your audience to do is really to start to notice the emotion that's going on and to recognize that this is just a thought that's coming up and we can all choose consciously to let go of that that thought. It's not something that it needs to define ourselves. We need to define ourselves as um, and recognize it's just a thought. Now, I talk about the ego quite a lot in two elements. So the ego can want to make us feel above people, but the ego can want to make us feel below. And essentially all that ego is wanting to do is to keep us safe. And when we recognize that that's what fear is, it's actually wanting to keep us safe and to keep us exactly where we've always been, then we can take steps to release that fear, to release this inner critic, this inner voice that comes in. Mm -hmm. So the first um, tip I I would invite your audience to think about is first of all, to swap the fear. So if it's a fear of failure, actually consciously think well is it a fear of failure that's going on for me or is it actually a fear of success so swapping the fear to a positive the fear of rejection because we are human beings and we want to be part of a community we want to be accepted by others is often the thing that underlines a lot of fear so actually rather than it possibly being that fear of rejection thinking of it in a more positive way and as a fear of acceptance. So that's the first step is to flip that fear to a more positive um, element rather than Mm -hmm. it being a negative. And then the key thing with fear is first of all, before we take that action is to really notice it, to bring that conscious awareness to it, to be vulnerable with ourselves. and, And, you know, I invite all my clients and everybody to use journaling for this you know, in that safe space um, and to write things out or to voice note them out. So to really notice them, because if you think about, um, imagine emotion as a beach ball within ourselves. And if we try and push a beach ball underneath the water, what we resist will persist. It's hard work to keep that beach ball under the surface. It's Mm -hmm. exhausting. So what we need to do is allow that beach ball, which is the emotion, allow it up rather than suppressing it. And right. let that beach ball just sit next to you as in your emotions and really start to recognize what are those things, the fears that are coming up for you. Now, often what will come up for people is around fear of judgment of other people and around fear of conflict is huge for people experiencing imposter syndrome because often because they're so people focused they don't like this fear of rejection and this fear of conflict that can come up so just Mm -hmm. to bring awareness to what those fears are is the first tip and and to bring self-compassion with that without judgment so don't judge ourselves it's okay to feel these things Mm -hmm. but to just bring awareness to what those fears are and they are often around fear of judgment fear of rejection 
fear of um, failure or fear of success and bring awareness to those fears. That's the first step. Yeah, no, I, I so appreciate you saying that. And, and I'm taking notes feverishly here because, again, it, it feels a little bit like you are reading my mind and you're reading into my history. I mean, it almost feels like you've done your homework and you know more about me than, than maybe the listeners do the way you're talking through this. Because my listeners have heard me many times as we talked about fear. My listeners have heard, heard me say, well, well, take action. Because action is what helps you overcome that fear, right? If you if you fear public speaking, which is a very common fear, you're never going to overcome that fear until you actually do public speaking yes. on, on some kind of scale. That's when you're going to start to overcome that fear. But to the point you made before we hit the record button, there are many steps that you need to go through kind of mentally and emotionally before you can actually take that action. And that's where I feel like I have certainly... Uh, falling short in describing for the audience the things mentally and emotionally you need to do that will enable you to then take that action. And you mentioned this fear of rejection. Uh, my audience has heard uh, before, and actually I have a, a, a coming episode here in the podcast that that talks about my fear of rejection. And it's, it's rooted in um, I have an estranged relationship with my biological father. And, and as a, as a young child, I felt rejected. I felt like my my father rejected me. Yes. And and that led into my adult life as well and led into my corporate leadership and so I have this extreme fear of rejection. Yeah. And so if I'm if I'm thinking through well I want to introduce a new change or, or something to the team, then the first thing that swells up in my mind and in my heart is well what if they reject it? What, what this fear of rejection. And I you know to the point you were making I use journaling. Uh, my morning routine is reading, journaling, and exercise. Yeah. And so I use journaling to kind of write out those fears, write out those thoughts. Well, why why do I fear that they will reject it? What's the worst that will uh, What's the worst that will happen yeah. if they do reject it? And it's oftentimes not near as bad as I make up in my mind and so forth. Um, but I didn't necessarily, until our conversation here, I just didn't necessarily connect the dots in those things that I was doing and how they enabled me to then take that action. Because you talked also about swapping yes. the fear. And, and so, again, mentally, as I'm journaling, I will oftentimes arrive at, well, some of the team members, they will accept this change. Yes. And what does that mean for them? And, and what's the value and the benefit for them? And so that exercise of journaling and thinking through it and processing it mentally, that helps me move from this paralyzed fear of rejection yes. to, okay, well, now I can go and take some action. So I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled that you connected yeah. those dots yeah. for me. And thank you for sharing um, that, you know, about your, your experience with the fear of rejection. And, and I, I'll, I'd love to share my, I think we, my underlying fear that crops up because our ego loves to work in patterns. Mm -hmm. And so we often have a default pattern that rises up for us. So I was a high achiever from a young age. So high achievers is often linked to imposter syndrome as well. Um, and my fear was always about failure. So I was a high achiever in school. So 
top marks, top marks, top marks. So God forbid if I didn't get top marks, oh, the world was going to end. Everybody was going, you know. So that's mm -hmm. where my deep-rooted fear and, and imposter syndrome kicked in because it was all about being at the top or else people would judge and reject me. Um, yeah. And so often, and that's why it takes an element of vulnerability and self-trust to really allow this true core authentic self up to to allow these thoughts and feelings but so often we like to suppress those thoughts and feelings but until mm -hmm. we allow them up and 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 really be honest with ourselves then it's really hard to move forward yeah and then, totally yeah and then the next thing is you know it's about you you just you you started to raise some things but it's about really starting to release that fear so we can we've got a choice to hold on to that fear or we can start to release that fear now we are wonderful at telling ourselves stories and often these stories are from the past like we've both just shared with our example so it's great to just ask ourselves a few core questions um you know one question i would ask back to myself is how is it serving me how is it helping me now thinking mm. about when i was a high achiever when i was younger well it's not helping me and it's certainly not helping other people so how is it helping me another great question to ask is what assumptions am i making we love to assume a lot of things it's a natural thing especially when we start to think about the judgment of other people we love to assume how people are judging us mm -hmm. we're, we're storytellers by nature we've been brought up on stories from a young age reading nursery rhymes and books so we tell ourselves a cocktail of wonderful stories and they're often not true so the next question is to say the thoughts and the feelings that were you know the thoughts how true are those thoughts? Yeah. You know, how true is it that our team is going to reject us because we're implementing a change? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, when you when you talk about that, I, I just kind of chuckle because uh, I, I've said it in the podcast many times, but I certainly do it in my own mind. I make up the absolute worst case scenario. Yes. Um, and. And I think I can safely say this. I, I'm just trying to think back in all of my years, but I'm almost positive it never has that worst case scenario actually played out. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it uh, again through the journaling or the mental processing, it uh, it does us a, a lot of good to to process and write out. Well, here's what I think is the worst case scenario because then it's almost like when you write it out and then you see that worst case scenario on paper. That's when your mind looks at that and says, but there's just no way that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, I, I don't understand. I don't necessarily know the magic of when I write it down on paper, the mind being able to rationalize that way, but it certainly is a, a, a it certainly is a benefit of doing that. Yeah. Well, I'll share with you why, because it, it's the, the process of slowing down. I love the, the mm -hmm. phrase slow down to speed up. Yeah. And actually, when you're consciously writing something and getting those thoughts out on paper and writing it takes a lot longer than typing for most people. We yes. are slowing down that thought process. And then when we see the words on paper, rather than all these crazy thoughts going through our head, we mm -hmm. go, oh, that's not true at all. What am I right. assuming? So it's actually that process of taking that time. Mm -hmm. And and when we're, we are 
live in this fast world and we think it's all about action and tasks, 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 the task-focused leaders, but actually that pause and that stop and that time for reflection enables us to make much more intentional and impactful actions moving forward. Yeah, yeah. totally love that, love that. Well, Olivia, I, I mean, I, I really feel like we have kind of unpacked uh, imposter syndrome. I think we really drilled down so that the listener can identify, well, I understand now how imposter syndrome impacts me and we've given them some, uh, I would say just a small element of how they can overcome imposter syndrome in their leadership. But I know that you've got an upcoming masterclass here. It's coming up this Friday. So it's just around the corner. Listeners have just a couple of days to get into your masterclass. I'd love to give you some time to talk to the listener a little bit about that and, and what they can experience in that and the information they'll get on how to overcome imposter syndrome. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yes, yeah, so my masterclass is this Friday on Friday the 13th of May. I don't know why I chose Friday the 13th, <laughs> but I'm just deleting that from my imposter syndrome because um, so it's at 12 noon GMT time. And what I'm going to share on that masterclass is, is Uh, We're going to talk about what imposter syndrome is and what it isn't, how it really can show up for some people, when it shows up, and we're going to delve into more understanding our triggers, particularly around it. And I'm going to share um, lots more tips on um, how to to shift that inner critic to inner confidence is what I call it. And then also take people through... um, a current obstacle that they're experiencing and enable that shift to happen when we're live on that on that webinar. Awesome. And and how do people find that webinar, that live okay. masterclass? So um, people can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, so at Olivia Carter Coaching, I've got an event there set up on my page and they will therefore be able to see in the comments or on my post how to click and join that um Awesome. That webinar awesome. on Friday. And, and I will have a, a link to that as well in the yeah. show notes of this uh, this podcast episode. It, but I would also say that I definitely recommend jumping into this, this webinar. Uh, we have only scratched the surface here, yeah. I believe, of imposter syndrome and how to overcome it. To use the iceberg analogy, yeah. there is so much more underneath the surface of the water that you really want to dive into. So I highly encourage uh, every listener to uh, to jump into that masterclass. Uh, you only have a couple of days, so be sure that you jump into that. But also, I think probably, uh, Olivia, after Friday and after your masterclass, some of the listeners are going to want to connect with you. So what's the best way for them to find you, connect with you, and maybe build a better relationship with you? Oh, thank you, Michael. Um, so the best way to connect with me is, again, on LinkedIn, um, Olivia Carter Coaching, and then also find out more about um, what I'm doing on my website, which is oliviacartcoaching.co.uk. Awesome. Awesome. And again, I'll have links in the show notes to that as well, Olivia. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. Uh, you, uh, you've shared a lot of knowledge with us and, and I greatly appreciate that. And, and I, you know, I have to say, uh, we're certainly better leaders having spent some time with you. So thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. And thank you very much for the opportunity to share with you all. Well, there you have it, friends, my discussion with Olivia Carter. Um, as you can tell, now you understand and know why I was so excited to share 
this episode with you. Just so uh, interested in her perspective of imposter syndrome and how our different characteristics, natural characteristics that, that, that put us on the DISC profile scale, as we talked about, how our specific characteristics uh, impact how we receive or how we experience imposter syndrome. So appreciate her insights there. And then her explanation of overcoming this fear. That's one of my big takeaways in, in this episode is this better definition of imposter syndrome is simply this fear of being found out. And I've talked about that fear on this podcast before. And I've also talked many times about how to overcome the emotion of fear, and that is in taking action. But I really appreciate how Olivia um, identified for us the mental and emotional steps necessary to get us to the point that we can actually take action. I, I spoke with her um, afterwards and told her that I felt like my um, explanation uh, to the audience around take action to overcome fear, it fell short in that it hasn't explained some of these mental and emotional steps that we need to take in order to get to the point that we can take action and overcome fear. So again, I especially appreciate her sharing that. And then, you know, she talked about the journaling. And and again, while I've done that, I've just known that journaling and reading and, and exercise was an important aspect of a morning routine for a long time. I didn't necessarily connect the dots and recognize that me journaling was one of those mental steps necessary to help me get to the point of taking action to overcome a fear. So I really appreciate her pointing that out. Um, I, again, I will remind you just as she did, don't forget that she has the free masterclass coming up this Friday, Friday, May the 13th. You want to take advantage of that. So utilize um, the link that's in the show notes for this podcast episode. You can get over to that masterclass or connect with Olivia in LinkedIn, as she mentioned. And from there, you can also find uh, the event is scheduled there in LinkedIn. Uh, so take advantage of that. You, you need to learn more about imposter syndrome. I promise you, as kind of we talked about, it impacts people on, on a different scale um, based on what are your DISC profile characteristics. But every single one of us in some way are impacted. Our leadership is impacted by imposter syndrome. So as I mentioned, we've just scratched the surface in this podcast episode. You want to take advantage of her free masterclass that's coming up. So jump in and, and do that as well. Uh, again, also, before I let you go, don't forget about our leadership calculator, theleadershipcalculator.com. You can find that measure your leadership so that you can then improve your leadership. And until I speak to you again next week with a very special episode, it'll be episode number 100. So you don't want to miss that. Be sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss that. But until I speak to you then in that episode, know that I love you because that's what leaders do. I want you to be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.